Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee, coming to you today from Edinburgh, from the Edinburgh Festival. And today's piece is called How the Midas Touch Boosted World Trade. And as ever, you can read this article, you can listen to this article, or as many like to do, you can read and listen at the same time. The story of Midas and how everything he touched turned to gold is perhaps the most famous golden myth of all. His touch led to one of the most successful, long-lasting and underrated technologies in history. Coinage. Midas was king of Phrygia, now part of Turkey, and Dionysus, more commonly known as Bacchus, the god of wine, parties and pleasure, was passing through with his entourage, revelling as they went. Waking up one morning after a heavy night, Dionysus discovered that his tutor, Silenus, was missing. Silenus was a satyr, half man, half goat. He'd been drinking, and he'd wandered off and fallen asleep in a rose garden, a garden that belonged to King Midas. Midas enjoyed spending time there with his daughter, who he loved more than anyone else in the world. Midas found Silenus lying on the ground and took him in, no doubt nursing a hangover. Silenus stayed with Midas for over a week, delighting him with songs and stories, enjoying his wine, food and hospitality. On the eleventh day, Midas took Silenus back to Dionysus, who was so delighted to see his old mentor safe and well, he offered Midas whatever reward he wished for. Midas thought hard and then asked that everything he touched should turn to gold. Dionysus urged the king to reconsider, but Midas was sure, and so Dionysus granted his wish. Initially, Midas was delighted. He turned a twig, then a stone, to gold. When he got home, he touched every rose in his garden, and they all turned to gold. Delighted, he ordered his servants to make him a feast, but when his food and drink turned to gold, it dawned on him that perhaps his gift was a bane. His daughter came to him, crying that their roses had lost their smell. Midas hugged her, and she too turned to gold. What had been his beloved daughter was now a statue, albeit a golden one. Despairing, he prayed to Dionysus to deliver him from his curse. Go and wash your hands in the river Pactolos, Dionysus told him. Midas did so, and Dionysus's cure worked. Midas's power flowed into the water and the sands of the river turned to gold. Whatever he put in the water, his daughter included, was turned back into what it had been before Midas touched it. So does that part of Midas's story end. The obvious moral to the tale is of the tendency of lust for wealth to overpower good sense, to make us lose sight of what we love. But there is another tale that Midas left there in the sands of the river Pactolos. At its height, the Lydian Empire stretched across all western Asia Minor, and the Pactolos flowed right through the middle. The Lydians were, around 700 BC, says the Greek historian Herodotus, the first of all those we know to introduce the use of gold and silver coins, and the first to deal in retail trade. The Chinese might have something to say about that. Their bronze spade money and knife money dates back to the 16th century BC and the late Shang dynasty. 
The money gets its name from its shape, which resembles a spade or hoe with a pointed end, a flat or round base, and a central hole for stringing them together. But it wasn't round, so technically I suppose it isn't coinage as we know it. Given that we still use coins today, coinage has proved a remarkably successful technology. Indeed, the Chinese yuan and the Japanese yen both mean round shape, referring, of course, to the shapes of coins. History became legend, legend became myth, wrote Peter Jackson in his screenplay for The Fellowship of the Ring. And here is a case in point. Midas did actually exist. Most Greek mythological figures did before they became legend. Something similar happens now. The sports stars of today will become the gods, heroes and legends of tomorrow, just as those of our childhood now enjoy such status. One of Midas's descendants was the Lydian king Aliates I, the first Western king to mint coins. And he minted his coins from the alluvial electrum, that's a gold-silver alloy, found in the beds of the Pactolos, the gold left there by Midas. These coins, the Western world's first coins, formed the base of the Lydian Empire. Aliates' innovative son, Croesus, had the electrum coins of his father melted down to separate the gold from the silver and then re-minted. On one side of his new coins was the image of a lion and a bull, on the other were punch marks to show their value. Faces didn't appear on coins until later. Effectively, Croesus launched not only the first imperial currency in the history of the world, but the bimetallic standard. His coins were not only accepted, but demanded throughout Asia Minor, Greece and beyond. This universal acceptance played a key role in developing Lydia's prosperity. With his coins circulating so widely and effectively, Croesus's reputation as an extremely rich man was secured for all time. Not only was he as rich as Croesus, he had, it seems, the Midas touch. That touch lasted. His basic denomination was subdivided into smaller denominations of thirds, sixths and twelfths, and these reforms evolved into the 24 carats and ounces we use today. Coin values reflected the actual value of the metal content. Within a hundred years, coinage had spread to Persia in the east, across Asia Minor in Greece, and at least as far as Sicily in the west. Roman and Celtic coins would later follow the same principles. Coins provided both geographical and social mobility. People could move around and carry value with them. Trade spread with newfound ease, and the development of civilization could and did accelerate. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you listen on. Uh, those ratings and those reviews help a great deal. And my show on gold at the Edinburgh Fringe this August is taking place at Pam Your House in the room in which Adam Smith wrote Wealth of Nations. And there is a link to buy tickets in the article. And there is also a link... Uh, to the Pure Gold Company, which is my recommended bullion dealer, whether you're taking delivery or storing online. Um, that is the place to go and buy your gold and silver. And there is a link to them also at the end of the article. Thank you. Until next time, goodbye.